when critics say it's like an acidic acidically witty comedy what they mean is this isn't funny at all Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 376 with a review of Queen of Earth. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, again, we are talking about another film that is available now on VOD, and that is Queen of Earth. Uh, how are you doing today, or this fine evening, Mr. Stephen Miller? Doing all right. I'm probably not as caffeinated as you are. <laughs> I feel nice and relaxed. I'm probably ready to uh, crash any moment now. Or maybe that's why I'm so tired. Maybe it wasn't the exercise that I did. It was the fact that my body has now been purged of all the caffeine I drank this, this morning. Wait, so eight ounces is a cup, right? Uh, yeah. So y- you drank almost a quart of iced coffee today yeah well that, that that doesn't even count like the two cup the two mugs of keurig that i had before i left my house <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was... see you know what what you need you need to level up when i was an undergrad back when like coffee i could just drink as much as i wanted i'm not I wasn't an old man like I am now where I feel like <laughs> terrible if I have too much of it. Um, so I would drive I would drive home to San Diego from Berkeley and I had two giant 7-Eleven containers and one was for Slurpees. <laughs> that was a big one, but another still very big one, like at least a quart, I think, was for coffee. Yeah. And I would just fill that up and drink it, and it was disgusting. <laughs> how, how many stops did you have to make? Because, like, I've, you know, I've done the trip where I stop one time to go to the bathroom. <laughs> but I feel like that trip, when you've drinking an entire huge giant Slurpee and a giant coffee, you'd have to be stopping, like, every five minutes. You would think. I Back then, I had the fortitude of a camel. <laughs> I, I, could, I could drink gallons. I made the trip. At least twice without ever stopping to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Even like, so you stopped to get gas, I'm assuming, and yeah. you didn't go like, eh, I, I might was as well just, like, just nope. try to squeeze something out while I'm here. Nope, not going to do it. <laughs> it, was, it was like a matter of pride. It was a matter of pride. And this was not even one of those like six and a half hour power downs. This was like a busy day in traffic. It took like 11 hours or something. Yeah. No bathroom. It, it's it, it, basically it's it's uh it, it felt it became a rite of passage like w- the last time i drove from san diego back up here uh i was like you know what the trip is about how many miles i can supposedly go in a full tank of gas so i was gonna try to make it all the way here did you do it i i made it literally one town over when i ticked down to like the bottom like the very last uh the very last digital tick mark on my gas tank and then i panicked and i was like no next exit i'm getting off and getting gas all right your car your car has better mileage than mine i guess <laughs> yeah I, I can do over 400 miles on a tank nice um, which i've gotten close i've gotten to like nobody cares but I, <laughs> i've gotten like a little past livermore so like you're turning and you're headed towards san francisco like you're almost there 
But isn't that the scary part where you have like just a bunch of hills with no towns for a little bit? Yeah, that's that's why I caved. Yeah, yeah. That, that basically, I I made that turn, and then I was in the area with nothing, and I'm like, uh, okay, now I'm scared because it's it's like you're go, you're driving uphill. My gas tank's already like close to empty, and I'm just like, I you know what? I don't. I, next time I see a village, <laughs> I'm going to fill out with stuff. Oh, good times. But anyways, this has been California talk with Chris and Steven. <laughs> We're talking all the freeways in California and how far our cars can drive. Um, no, th- th- I mean, this isn't California talk, but it, I, I think we can do this episode a little bit differently than normal. Um, we can give people a big spoiler for our review right off the bat, I think, because this is going to be theoretically an interesting conversation we're about to have because uh, we both watched Queen of Earth and I basically did not like this movie at all and was ready to just shuck off the uh the review and uh, i did say shuck like a ear of corn um but uh you hadn't watched it yet at the time when i was like yeah maybe we don't need to review this movie and you texted me back after finishing it and saying like i think we should review this movie um yes so Either you were tricking me into this review, or you were much more positive on it than I was. I was much more positive on it than you were. (laughs) And I went in with all the knowledge that you hated it, or strongly disliked it, (laughs) at least. (laughs) And I actually expected to feel the same. I I wasn't going in with like a contrarian Patrick feeling where I'm like, oh, I'm going to find something to like about it. Yeah, I was like, all right gonna do this just see see what happens and yeah we'll (laughs) we'll talk about it but i really (laughs) like this movie and i totally get why one would not like this movie okay so this isn't gonna be technically an episode of steven explains to chris it'll be more an episode of steven politely tells chris why he was a fan of it while still acknowledging that uh, chris might not be crazy for not liking it hashtag amity All right, well, what do you say we get into this, Stephen? Let's do it. All right, we're going to take a listen to the trailer for Queen of Earth and then come back and give you guys a review. It drives me crazy that places like this are so close to the city. Places like this? Yeah, you know, where tranquility isn't just a myth. Thanks for the exile. That's what this place is here for. From Alex Ross Perry, the acclaimed writer-director of Listen Up, Philip and The Color Wheel comes an exploration of broken women, queen of Earth. Been here before? Just once last year. Be careful now, you never know. You never know what? A week at the lake. Who the hell are you? Me, Rich. He likes to hang out sometimes. Relaxation, peace and quiet, but under the surface lurks emotional imbalance. See, Catherine is this great artist, but she's hiding in her father's shadow. An imbalance that tears open psychic wounds. Please don't talk to me like that. Like what? Like you're superior to me or any of us. And threatens to shake the very foundations of sanity. Heard you walking around super late last night. Sound like you were talking to yourself. I feel sick. I feel messed up. Well, we should trade places. See how we feel then. I could murder you right now, and no one would ever know. Catherine Waterston, in a role you'll never forget. I feel like I'm seeing you for the first time. 
and Elizabeth Moss, as you've never seen her before. You are worthless. You are weak and greedy. You are why people betray one another. You are why there is nowhere safe. You are why there is no escape no. from indecency no. No. and gossip no. and lies. No. Earth, an acidly funny and unnerving portrait of a psychological breakdown. Catherine Waterston is startlingly impressive, and Elizabeth Moss electrifies a stylish, whispery love letter to teasing psychological horror. Alex Ross Perry's Queen of Earth. All right, so that was the trailer for Queen of Earth. Uh, it is the story of a woman who is not feeling too good and goes to a cabin with her sister um to hopefully feel better <laughs> steven did i get that description correct sounds about right all right technically it's a story of a woman who goes to a cabin twice on two separate occasions to try to feel better two women chris well it's a woman who goes to a cabin with her sister so there's two total but is she her sister isn't on her sister? It's her friend. It's her friend. Yeah, Sorry, her friend. it's a friend. I just they 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 appeared to have that relation. I guess best friend slash sister is like they're very similar dynamics, like besties and like sisties. <laughs> it, it was really like a, a sisterhood of the traveling pants type situation. I felt very I, just positive friendship type movie. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, I didn't see the sister, sister of the traveling pants, and I assume that's a joke you're making. <laughs> <laughs> the Queen of Earth Diaries, Princess Diaries. Okay, uh, yeah. Better. Anyways, uh, why don't you just tell people why this film is better than I think it is? <laughs> oh, okay. So, so again, I'm not going to try to explain to you why everyone should love this movie, um, but here, here's what I went in thinking. So, I think in the end of the year episode, I talked about Listen Up, Philip. I believe Which, so. That was the last movie by the director, Alex Ross Perry. Okay. And that was a movie that I really liked in a way where it was like, I can see why this might be pretentious. <laughs> like, like that was a movie that I liked and at the same time could criticize, kind of like a Noah Baumbach movie or something. <laughs> where it's like... <laughs> criticize a Noah Baumbach movie? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, Like Squid and the Whale, for instance. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Where I liked it, but I can imagine a mood where it wouldn't be pleasant at all. Yeah. And the way this movie, Queen of Earth, was like sold to me by other critics is that it was like a riotously funny black comedy, <laughs> dark comedy about a woman's descent into madness. Yeah. And that sounded horrible to me. Like, I do not want, like, when critics say it's like an acidic, acidically witty comedy what they mean is this isn't funny at all (laughs) (laughs) this isn't funny but i'm really smart (laughs) so i (laughs) I found a way to laugh at something totally unfunny (laughs) um so yeah i I was kind of dreading that just in general like the the praise surrounding it of being like wry witty he's doing bergman and polanski and it it sounded like the kind of thing that like you're only gonna like if you are really snobby about it. Yeah. Um, and what I got instead was a, like, 
at the most base level a very like unnerving creepy movie <laughs> um like i feel like from the opening credits of from the opening scene of this movie it's basically just two people talking most of the time there's a third guy comes in sometimes and he's an asshole <laughs> but for the most part <laughs> for the most part it's uh elizabeth moss playing Catherine and Catherine waterston playing virginia i think and they're just in this cabin in the forest by the lake while she kind of suffers from a few tragedies that have happened. It's probably not a spoiler to say the setup of the movie. I think the description says like a one-two punch of blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. So her, her father has died a few months ago, and her boyfriend breaks up with her as we see on camera in the opening scene of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and basically, this is just a movie about two people where one of them is getting increasingly depressed and feeling like they are alone in the world and no one cares about them. And the other friend uh, is just trying to figure out, do I keep caring about this person or like when do i cut this person off as being toxic like when how long do you let this like dying friendship stay together before you just tell the person to go to hell and get over it yeah um and anyway the, this movie just really really well to me uh, depicted what it would look like for a person to be driven insane <laughs> like depression to just cripple someone to the point where they become terrifying even if they don't do anything terrifying like for most of this movie anytime elizabeth moss would speak or look at uh katherine waterston she would have this kind of gleam in her eye where i would just be like oh f <laughs> what is she gonna do like she is capable of anything right now she's just gone completely insane and there are just a lot of moments in this movie that built that really, really uncomfortable fear in me. Um, like, like there's a line she drops to a stranger that comes in the house about halfway through the movie where she's just like talking to this person who's drunk or something. And she just suddenly says, I could kill you right now and nobody would know. <laughs> <laughs> and... I know if I quote a line like that, it sounds really dumb, <laughs> but in the moment, it was actually like very, very disturbing to me. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, there, there are just moments like this that really showcase to me, kind of like Two Days, One Night, which I think Carson was railing on when we talked about, um, what like terrible, crippling depression would feel like. Um, like there's a scene where she's at, a party like there are a bunch of people around and they're just talking being normal party people kind of prying into your life a little bit and she sees it as a group of people who are like grabbing her and won't stop touching her and like she's trying to run away and she can't get away from them and i i don't know there's just something about moments like that that really built tension from pretty much nothing <laughs> like the fact that not a lot happens in this movie made it even more disturbing to me. It, it was like if Joe Swanberg picked up <laughs> a camera 
And instead of just having like four attractive actors improv about love, he had like demon possessed insane people <laughs> I, I feel like that comment is just for me with the inside knowledge that i watched a bunch of his movies this weekend no it really had that feeling because this was this was one of those like 16 millimeter you know real film movies where the camera is really close and it kind of like it likes to zoom in on people it likes to have a lot of uh kind of naturalistic moments where neither of them are talking they're both like going about their life but but yeah, the, I think the reason this disturbed me the way it did is it had it had that kind of naturalism of one of those like breezy indie movies about overprivileged people where they're just going to be sitting and talking about life for a while. But then instead of being a breezy indie movie, it's like this very heavy genre piece about one person going insane and both of them having no empathy for each other well let, let, let me jump in for a second just because the like it, a, a listener of this show who is a fan of us who has listened to us for a long time knows that the film you're describing should be very appealing to me like so yes. many times have we seen a film and my first comment about the film is this is my nightmare <laughs> like yeah exactly in, in particular unstable people uh where I don't know what they might do next. I have no control over the situation there and I have no understanding of the levels to which they can can jump to that at any moment they could like that line that you said that like I could kill you right now and nobody would even care or know or whatever the line was like that should be the thing that disturbs me more than anything and chills me to the bone the way you were describing it um, having an effect on you. For some reason though that there, there is there is the one scene in this film takes place around the little dinner table with three people are sitting at it and she has this long she kind of go it's in a way it's her most composed moment of speaking but it's also her most grave kind of dark moment of speaking you know like she she almost it's uh it's kind of like the end of equilibrium <laughs> where he's taking the little test and then all the needles just go straight <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's it's her moment of that, right? Um, well, yeah, it's her like delusional clarity, kind of. Yeah, yeah, like 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 she's no longer fighting inside trying to figure it out. She's like perfectly calm, but she's still on the wrong side of calm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, and that moment is like my favorite moment of the film, and it's the first time that like I was really kind of on board with the whole mood and tone of everything. Um, but. Well, see, part of the part of the uh, the problem is maybe that I I knew nothing about this film going into it. I knew the name of the film and that I had heard it mentioned by people before, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. So I had no idea what to expect, and I'm kind of watching it, and I'm watching it from the standpoint of like, what am I? I I'm I'm picking up the story knowing nothing about who it's really about, whose point of view it's being told from, and I feel like the like this type of story kind of should either be told from the point of view of the person who is dealing with it or the point of view of the person who is watching them deal with it. And I feel like this film kind of does neither of those things and you kind of watch it as an a, like an you know omniscient audience member 
where you're not getting any subtext for it. You're just seeing things happen. And part of what was confusing is because there's, there's a lot of little hints. Um, part, part, part also the reason that I made the mistake of calling them sisters instead of uh, friends is because towards the beginning of the film, I sort of started to get the idea that the craziness was hereditary and that they both had a form of it. Because the sister mm-hmm. seems to, or the sister, I said, just said it again. The friend seems to exhibit a lot of like OCD um, throughout the film. Like she's like cleaning things or rearranging things or like straightening things, right? Or like mm-hmm. there's something, I think there's even a scene where like something was spilled or just left out and she had to put it away. And it didn't really feel like just like, uh, I'm cleaning up after people. It felt like a very much like this is bothering me because it's out of order. Um, and I so I was kind of starting, I was kind of trying to think of like, it in the context of two people dealing with some sort of like a screw loose in their head, so to speak, in a different way and how they both view each other. But this film doesn't have anything to do with that. You know what I mean? So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm watching it not with like a critical eye, but with like an interested eye in what they're going to do about juxtaposing these two people. Um, so I just like assumed they were sisters because they were two girls who both seem to be a tiny bit crazy. And I thought I was going to try to do something where it juxtaposed those two things. Like somebody who's like, like traditionally crazy and then one person who is functionally normal but also has a lot of things wrong with her and maybe they would play off each other but instead there's this weird split narrative of these two visits to the same place but i think they do those visits there every year is that i i I think so but yeah it's this year and last year are the two that they're yeah but they they, they talk about it as though they do it all the time or something or like it's a regular occurrence but yeah maybe it's just the second anniversary and it's showing us how different things are, but like, she's like, oh, my boyfriend's gone, but then they're cutting back in time between like where her boyfriend's with her, but they still don't really seem to have that great of a relationship. And there's like, there's just so many weird aspects of the story that I just wasn't on board with because I couldn't tell why they were there or where they were going. And mm-hmm. like, like I said, I, I really enjoy stories about people who are crazy <laughs> and in this, her type of being crazy just seemed very strange. Like, she does, like, baby voice a lot, and I don't know why. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, she's kind of doing that, <laughs> like, yeah. she she does these weird things, and, like, like, talking in baby voice, painting and picking at your thumb don't equate to crazy to me, you know? Right, well, um, well to me, it, it equates to crazy... So crazy isn't the wrong word, but it's uh, like mentally unwell. Yeah. In, in yeah. this case, I saw it as like a person who is ultra depressed. And at some point of ultra depression, that turns into this like weird roller coaster of emotions where you like, you don't know how to behave anymore. Well, like, so, so like in, in short term 12, didn't Brie Larson's character have like a thumb picking thing that she did too? Yeah. Yeah. So in, in that, like, that seemed like legit. Um, I I had a, a girlfriend who had like a similar thing that she did with her nails and like weird stuff. And but like in this film, the picking at it just seemed like, oh, do the thing that makes it look like you have an issue right now. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's not that it's not that her performance was bad. It's just like like she her performance was fine. She was good at doing what she was being directed to do. I just to me. I don't know. I, I wanted to feel it in a different way than I was feeling it. And it was just sort of just the, the film as a whole gave me so many weird angles to try to like look at 
like, let's be crazy now, that it just didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that makes sense. So you hit on, you hit on a couple points. One was that this didn't feel like a movie where one person was fine and coping and the other person was crazy. Um, both of them have this kind of very heightened sort of tension between them. Uh, I, I guess the way I read that is that the movie is taking a situation that people have been in before of like one friend is getting over something and they're kind of being self-centered and you're also being self-centered and you don't really want to listen to them, but you're stuck together. And it turned it into a like terrifying clash of people who don't care about each other. Like, <laughs> like, like it, height, it heightened it on purpose. And um, I, I guess I didn't, I, there are a lot of moments in this movie where people are just kind of staring at each other and the camera will do a close-up, like, like you know, you mentioned Catherine uh, Waterston. Her character has a sort of OCD type of thing where she sees that Elizabeth Moss has, like, made a mess or didn't eat something she gave her. And there will be just this kind of, like, long look with the camera doing this, like, close-up on her face. And, yeah. the, you know, the, sound, the soundtrack does a horror type noise as if something big were happening, but it's actually just like <laughs> building tension between them. I guess I, I don't read that as literally happening. I see that as more like, wait, you, you don't believe there's literally a horror sound. <laughs> <laughs> sure. No, of course. Um, no, but I mean, even the long stairs and stuff, like I don't, I don't care if it actually goes down that way. It feels like you're, you're jumping back and forth between the, the head of the two people. So, you mentioned like it's unclear whose point of view you watch in this movie. I feel like what you're doing is you're ping-ponging between Elizabeth Moss's point of view and Catherine Waterston's point of view. And that's why I feel like the flashbacks, I actually really love that device that it, it'll flash back to this time a year ago where they were hanging out and you could already feel the tension. The tables were turned back then. Like at the time... Uh, Catherine Waterston was going through something and Elizabeth Moss was very much like absorbed with her own shit and didn't care about her. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I would see that as like, who is remembering this moment? Like they're each remembering a time where things were better for them and worse for the other person. And I don't know. There, there was something about that, that style of like, showing people racking their brains to try to figure out where it all went wrong that it, for some reason it really affected me. Like I, I was super involved in this movie. I feel like there are also just a few, um, almost more like a play than a movie. There are a few isolated scenes where the dialogue is just really, really strong. Like my favorite part in the movie is when it takes place a year earlier. So they're kind of remembering this. They're both sitting and sharing stories of a breakup. So, like, Elizabeth Moss goes first, and she talks about how, you know, it was so terrible, it ended this way, and then, boom, they're just out of your life, they're gone. And then it's Catherine Waterston's turn, and she starts talking about a time when she did that to another person. And the whole time she's talking, the camera just 
it, it, it stares at Elizabeth Moss. Like, it, it doesn't stare at her talking. It stares at this person listening and having that look of, I don't give a f- what this person is saying. Why is she talking over me? Why doesn't she care about my problems? And I don't know how to explain it, but well, <laughs> that so scene I thought was really, really powerful. Th- th- that scene, I remember that scene, and what was going through in my head... Once again, this is going to be insane because I keep referring to them as sisters, but at the time, I don't think I was thinking of them as sisters. But like, part of the reason I don't like this film is because I'm trying to figure stuff out so much and not in a fun, interesting way. Like, so the way I read that scene was not, was not the, I don't give a what you're saying right now, but more of a slow realization of something significant. And mm-hmm. what I was trying to figure out is whether they both dated the same person or if they were both in a relationship together. Like, the the way... It almost felt like they were both talking about the same relationship, in a way. Mm. And her look to... Like, and, and, you know, there's nothing necessarily in the language of the film that was saying that. But because I'm trying to find significance in anything in this film, my brain is like churning through every like that line. The, those those two pieces of dialogue are so long, and the camera's not doing anything but watching them. So it feels like it's significant for some reason. And mm-hmm. you're probably right. The only significance there is like, look how she doesn't care what the other person's saying. Like her story was important, but the other person's story couldn't possibly be important. But I'm like stretching and looking for even more significance, and it felt like. They had to either be talking about the same person or about each other. And well, right. And I think you're you're not you're not wrong in terms of what it's trying to do. Like I, I think kind of the idea of this movie, the source of tension, is that these are two people who have driven themselves to be very lonely by very different means. Like Elizabeth Moss, her character depends on other people. Like, there are moments in this movie where they they talk about this. Like, she defined herself totally by her father and her boyfriend. Yeah. And when those two people are gone, she is nothing. So, like, this movie is kind of making that uh, metaphor literal, I guess. Like, without these people, she literally just becomes a hollow, crazy person. (laughs) And then uh, Catherine Waterston, on the other hand... She is the person who would, she's the sort of person who would drive Elizabeth Moss to become this way. She's a person who craves her independence, doesn't want to rely on anyone. And like she says multiple times in the movie, she cuts people out. Like you have to cut people out of your life. Um, People leave your cycle, but you can never leave your own. You know, at the end of the day, you're alone and you're stuck with yourself. Yeah. And so I feel like both of them, maybe this is why people who are way smarter than me or more high, be it pretentious or discerning or whatever, found the movie to be funny. Because <laughs> I think it is, it, it is trying to make a horror out of two different personality traits that would normally be like postmodern movie character who will redeem themselves at the end. Yeah. Like you're self-absorbed, you're too codependent on other people. And it takes it and instead makes it be this like 
crazily, like very, very heightened, quote, ultra serious terror movie about how they're empty inside and they literally are mentally unstable because of it. Yeah. But but yeah, I mean, I, I say all that, but it isn't like when I was watching it, I was just thinking like, oh, what a good commentary on modern society. Like, <laughs> I didn't, that isn't what I felt at all. Yeah. yeah. What I felt was that it, it was off-putting because the form of the movie, the type of movie this is and the way it's filmed and the types of characters that are in it and the the struggle they have, this is not a horror genre or psychological thriller genre type of movie to make. So maybe kind of like how people like The Guest because it took more of a horror type film and turned it into an action movie genre piece. Like it, it mismatched two things that don't normally go together. Yeah. Um, I feel like this movie took a normal postmodern indie Woody Allen type movie, like the really serious older Woody Allen movies like Hannah and her sisters or something, and then turned it into a sort of nightmare and be because it kind of broke the rules, like I wasn't in the state of mind where I was ready for Elizabeth Moss to say, I could kill you right now, <laughs> or just for people to be so brutally uncomfortable with each other. Yeah. It just put me in a really like haunting place. I, I was very uncomfortable after this movie in, in like the good kind of uncomfortable, the kind where you think, wow, I haven't, I haven't felt that in a while watching something. I, I guess for me, like, I think all those things are there, but I think for me, the the, the two problems that I experienced were, A, uh, what's felt to me like really obvious insert crazy affectation here, like, I'm hiding chips everywhere and, like, eating them, and when somebody catches me, I'd, like, pretend like it's an issue or, like, you know, picking at my finger or talking like a baby and, like, all these things to where... It didn't feel naturally like it was happening. It felt like, oh, do the thing that makes you look like you're crazy. And yeah. then, sorry? Oh, no, no, go on. I'm I'm agreeing with you. Okay. <laughs> and, and the other thing that it did was characters are fucking mean without any, like, I don't know, provoca- provocation? What's, what's the word? Uh, yeah, provocation. Provocation. Like, Everyone is very mean to each other. Yeah, like, like so in in... In another movie, and I'm not thinking of a specific movie, I'm just thinking like a movie in general, you might have a character that's very understanding and a character that is maybe unstable or irrational in some way. And usually in in that trope, what happens is the person who is uh, helping or or being kind to the the person who is irrational, there there becomes a boiling over point where they say something they don't mean, right? Like they mm-hmm. they get to the point where they're like, "Dude, shut up. Your problems are not that 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 big of an issue. Just stop being crazy and be normal," right? Like th- there's a moment in in films where that sort of happens. There's a boiling over and then the person says something mean. The two people are like, "Uh, eh, they don't talk to each other for like a scene and then they come back and they are apologetic and blah blah blah." Or or there's some consequence of maybe the crazy person goes over the edge because of that fight. You know, like something like that happens. But in this film, the uh Catherine Waterston, like her character 
I don't feel she boils over. She just decides I'm going to be a bitch. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like there, there's a scene where, where Elizabeth Moss comes like into, into the room and Catherine Watterson and like her boyfriend or neighbor or whoever the hell it is, it, they're sitting in the room and they wait until they see her. And then, like, they just start laughing. And it's not like they were talking about her, and then they got caught, and then they laughed because it was funny. They're just like, laugh, 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 laugh. And then he just walks up and, like, shuts the door slowly while laughing, like, in the most maniacal, like, stupid freaking way I've ever right, right. seen. Okay, so, so that scene in particular, I saw that kind of like the party scene as being from Elizabeth Moss's point of view. Like, like she's gotten to the point where she sees everything in relation to her. And yeah. people are conniving against her and people are all, you know, it's all, they're all looking at her and shutting her out and mocking her. But like uh, you, you could do that in a way where it's slightly ambiguous. That was like pure evil. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like there, there's no, I, it didn't feel like that was just her interpretation of what was happening. That seemed like literal. That's what was happening. Mm-hmm. And, and those scenes kind of took me out in a way that like i didn't feel like the character had just been pushed too far and couldn't deal herself it just felt like she was like oh now it's fun and it's cool to be like oh you're crazy we don't like you Uh." you know like Mm -hmm. and that was hard for me to like not hard in the sense that i was identifying with elizabeth moss but like hard in the sense that like i'm not in the story with you i'm just watching you behave in a weird or like irrational way and i've already gotten to the point where i don't think the film is trying to convince me that you're a little bit crazy too um and and if this film was truly a story of two crazy people who are crazy in very different ways interacting with each other in a way that heightens each other's craziness um and I'm using crazy in the generic term. I'm not trying to like be insensitive to people that have mental issues or anything yeah. like that. Um, but then, you know, you know what I mean? Like I, I don't feel like, I don't feel like the narrative wants me to believe that these two people are like enabling each other to be worse versions of themselves. It's just one seems to be mean because she has a guy. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I think, well, it parallels the year before, like in both cases, the person who had another guy cared less about the other person's problems. But um, wasn't the, the, the guy, uh, he was, wasn't he in both t- timelines? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he, he's in both, both years. He's just a dick, by the way. I don't particularly like his character. I, I I'm love, not really sure what he's there for. I love to, like, I, I just looked it up on IMDb. I love that his last name is Fugget. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> like i'm sure it's pronounced like fujit or something like that but like yeah, fujo or something yeah, yeah like this, but i just love that like he fuck comes it. in he's like i'm on an audition <laughs> fuck it <laughs> yeah i don't i i don't r- really have a good response to that they are mean like no one in this movie is particularly empathetic in, yeah. in any way I did feel like part of that was just the the heightened nature of the movie. Like it's trying to take a few emotions and draw them out to their logical extremes, which are very cold and heartless. Um, but also, I don't know. I, I just kind of believed in the characters. And maybe maybe part of it is I just felt like both of the actresses 
I thought they did an amazing job. Like, I really, really liked Elizabeth Moss, but she had, like, the meaty, crazy role, you know? Like, it's, <laughs> it's easier to look like you're doing a good job when the role requires you to do a whole lot. Um, yeah, yeah. But Catherine Waterston, I also... I think I had first seen her in uh, Inherent Vice just earlier this year. And in both movies, she just plays this kind of, like, distant, wide-eyed quiet person who is just like I I don't know there's some there's something about the way that she plays that character like just trying to get inside the other person's head and understand her that I I I don't know I really like the way both of them worked off of each other I th- I thought they made those scenes that are just like 5 to 10 minutes of talking be very engaging yeah I, I and I think to go back kind of to what what the movie is trying to do, I felt like this was a little bit like Black Swan, actually, um, where Black Swan also is about two two women who, over the course of the movie, kind of are going crazy. And that is also a very heightened movie, but that's like Darren Aronofsky heightened where shit gets real. <laughs> this is, on Letterboxd, I called this Black Swanberg, Ben. <laughs> because <laughs> because it did feel like like a combination of those two things where it's like very extreme kind of exaggerated visceral feelings of spiraling out of control but set in a very like laid back warm kind of environment <laughs> maybe that's my my problem is that i'm too used to like the the Darren Aronofsky, like uh, David Fincher kind of heightened realism when it comes to crazy. Um, and this film is sort of just weird, mm-hmm. <laughs> but not, there's no heightened stylistic nature to the crazy in it. Like there's nothing to like tell me like, oh no, this shit's crazy. Like this is not yeah. real anymore because it's that crazy. Like I, I loved Black Swan. Um, mm-hmm. but this film was just sort of like, I don't know why <laughs> this stuff is happening. Yeah, I think, so this is where I'm like a bad movie lover because everyone who talks about this movie says that it is an homage to Persona by Bergman, which apparently is also two women who go to a cabin and one of them goes crazy. Um, yeah. So I haven't seen it, but I've definitely seen movies like that where it's a few characters, usually in black and white, bouncing off of each other and nothing about it is realistic. But then it isn't like extreme fantasy either. It's just like, <laughs> it's like a demented inside out where emotions get magnified and emotion <laughs> emotions become the thing that you're watching. And they're playing out in extremes, not not necessarily in the way that two human beings would relate, but in ways that are trying to draw out, like, you, you recognize the feeling, but it looks really terrifying the way that you see it being put on the screen. Yeah. But all the dudes are just assholes in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is, like, this is, like, the reverse version of, like, a movie that has, like, really shitty female characters. Like, every single movie. Like, this is the version where, like, the guys are, like, not even present. And 
they really don't serve any purpose they're just f***ing stupid and it, it is kind of funny to th- just like um with mistress america i felt like noah baumbach he had done francis ha and he loved making a movie all about this archetype and then he just decided to take it to like an extreme where it was only about the archetype and nothing else yeah um this kind of seems like that where listen up philip Elizabeth Moss isn't the star. She's a secondary character. Um, But my favorite moment in that movie is her reacting to them breaking up. And the camera just like lingers on her face for a few minutes while she's kind of realizing what just happened and going through the waves of like crying a little bit and then laughing in relief. And I feel like Alex Ross Perry made that scene and he loved it. And then he was like, what if I made a whole movie that that was mostly scenes like this? I'm just (laughs) staring at her face, reacting to things. So you you can kind of trace like where, where maybe he got the idea to draw it out. And I, I don't know how extreme a thing can get where it stops being entertaining to me and becomes like, all right, I get it. This is, this is done. This could have been like a 20 minute short film. Um, <laughs> like just but, that dinner scene as an mo- entire, like as a short film. Yeah, yes, exactly. But, but this movie, this really did it well for me. I don't, a part of it is just the acting was good. I loved the camera work. I, I normally don't care if something is on film or digital. Like I don't pay attention to that very much, but this time it did make it feel like, like a movie from the seventies or something like an old old school movie um mostly because you were watching it off your apple tv to your new television (laughs) (laughs) no i watched this hunched over a laptop late at night (laughs) in in my family's guest room (laughs) so maybe the environment was part of it too so you you were like with family but you isolated yourself alone to watch the movie hunched over a laptop in like the least comfortable position ever so you identified with elizabeth moss's character bags of chips just everywhere all <laughs> just, over <laughs> you were hiding them people came in the room you're like i'm not eating chips what are you talking about <laughs> I-, I walked to the store to get these you, you know it, it it is funny i i compared this to inside out also, like Inside Out, this movie ends with a cry and a laugh. <laughs> I, I don't even remember how this movie ends. Are you kidding me? Oh, I loved the ending of this movie. I rewound it like five times to try to figure out if there were any clues as to something something happening. Huh. You might have to tell me that once we stop recording. Because okay. <laughs> I'm... Uh... I, I don't even remember where I was going with it. I... I like the camera work a lot. I like the soundtrack. I thought it was really cool and good at building mood. It It's funny because Z for Zachariah built mood and didn't do anything with it. And that made me really annoyed with the movie. This time it built the mood like so well that I didn't even care where it was going. <laughs> it, it's It's funny because... Uh, like we were on a weird time schedule when we recorded a review for Z for Zachariah and you text me while I was halfway through the movie, which at the time I was really enjoying and we stopped to record the episode. And then for Queen of Earth, I text you halfway through the movie telling you that I didn't want to do a review of this movie. 
<laughs> so it's like it's an interesting <laughs> dichotomy yes. between those two movies. Oh. <laughs> but anyways, should we get to our uh, our verdicts for the film? Sure, let's do it. <laughs> well, Stephen, the one who's not crazy. <laughs> Oh, uh, if you were going to give this a must-see, a reckon with the caveat, a wait for rental, a pass with the caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Uh, I'm I'm starting to like this rating system less and less. <laughs> like, <laughs> in, in personal star ratings, this would have been the equivalent of a must-see to me, but there's no way I'm actually going to tell, like, everyone that they must go see this, because... I'm sure it's, like, uncomfortable and unpleasant if you're not in the mood to see a weird psychological haunting movie yeah. so rec- recommend with a caveat but like strongly recommended on my end i really really enjoyed this movie caveat yeah. it isn't going to be fun and whatever people are calling it a comedy like if you laugh at this movie you are like elizabeth Moss's it, character you're, you're <laughs> seeing it like 20 levels of abstraction above me and you're probably just like insanely brilliant like <laughs> look how the camera moved to the right <laughs> <laughs> like jazz like oh did you did you hear how they went down instead of up hilarious <laughs> in, in this scene she's not crazy and she's eating tortilla chips but in this scene she's crazy and she's eating potato chips i mean the they clearly mo- the symbolism the pivotal moment in the movie there's a scene where she looks at a jawbone and the next scene Someone's jaw is just out of the camera frame. It's really remarkable. No. I can't. I don't know. Maybe there's something funny here. I don't think this is a comedy in any of the normal ways the word comedy is applied. No. I think it is a very good psychological thriller is the wrong word. Psychological haunter, I guess. It's good at being uncomfortable. Yeah. Mostly all my uncomfort was from sitting there watching the movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, For me, this is a must avoid. (laughs) As as was my opinion when I tried to not do a review with the film. (laughs) But I I was game for talking about it because I I was definitely super curious what you um, really enjoyed about the film. Um, Not because I think that you were crazy, just because I... Like, I am... I am not one at all to tell people that they are wrong about a movie. Um, I am pleasantly, like, not surprised, but, like, I'm more than happy that you, like, really got something out of the film because I, like, I take no joy in in uh, getting people to join me in not liking something. Um, obviously, I take joy if there's a movie that I really love um, that other people love, too, but... Uh, I have no, like, I don't, I don't have fun taking down a movie except for some movies, mm-hmm. <laughs> which mostly I just have fun with you guys. Uh, Aloha, Hot Time Time Machine 2, yeah. Interstellar. <laughs> oh, Interstellar. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, yeah, must avoid for me. Um, maybe years from now when I'm like crazy in my even older age, uh, I'll, I'll rewatch this movie accidentally when I forgot that I've already seen it and go like, Jesus, this is a brilliant movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the time being, I just didn't, uh, didn't really enjoy it that much, but, uh, fair enough. 
that is, uh, I believe, this review, listeners. So, uh, Mr. Stephen Miller, um, why don't you let us all know uh, if people want to find you? Where can they do do that? <laughs> why do they want to find me? I just I just want to be left alone, Chris. Well, mostly they want to find you so they can shut doors while laughing at you. I think is is the real uh, the real truth behind everything. Okay, well, if you want to bring me salad that I won't eat, you can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. Uh, people can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can find a bunch of the back episodes of the show. Um, if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com. You can use the contact form on our site, or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Queen of Earth, uh, assuming that's available. And, uh, yeah. Um... Guess that's it, Stephen. You you can't tell, but I'm staring at you with a very meaningful expression right now. <laughs> I can I can feel it on the inside. Uh, but uh, yeah, we are going to uh, possibly be seeing another movie that may be terrifying people. <laughs> it's either going to terrify people in the sense that it'll be scary for them, or it's going to terrify people in the sense that it'll be just a terrible freaking movie. Um, because it sounds like if Steven can, uh, can work up the nerve to walk into a theater and watch a scary movie, <laughs> we may be reviewing The Visit. I commit to it. I'll do it. I'll, I'll go see that movie. All right. We are going to watch M. Night Shyamalan's new movie, The Visit, and, uh, we'll have a review of that for you in the feeds next week or this weekend or after this weekend or whatever it's going to be. But, uh, look forward to that, <laughs> which... <laughs> I'm sure that you are. I can't wait. I'm getting in the oven just in preparation. (laughs) Very nice. Well, you might want to throw yourself in the oven after we watch the movie. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully over the next few weeks, there are going to be some uh, bigger and more interesting films coming out. We were in like a little bit of lull this last few weeks. We did a bunch of VOD films. Uh, (laughs) We're doing an M. Night Shyamalan movie. I think moving forward, though, I think we're going to get back into the season where a bunch of things are going to be coming out and it should be should be an interesting next few weeks i think hopefully yeah cool well uh thanks for joining me steven thanks for having me and we will talk to uh you guys all next time bye <laughs>